Purple Mafia with your host, Paladino Joey. Well, we'll see. The doctors would disagree, but what do they know? So let's just say that you'll pay me because it's in your interest to pay me. Is it worth it? I mean, you've won. Do you want to wipe everybody out? I don't feel I have to wipe everybody out, Tom. Just my enemy. That's all. My father taught me many things. He taught me, keep your friends close, put your enemies close. These are wonderful things that we've achieved, and there's no limit to where we can go from here. Welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. It is Tuesday, December the 10th, 2013. This is episode number 158 of Purple Mafia. Purple Mafia is available on thesportstuff.com and on iTunes. Thank you always for downloading and listening to this show. It is a pleasure to be back once again. Uh, The schedule's picking up a bit, unfortunately, so just letting you guys know about that. But luckily, still able to get this recorded, but unfortunately a little bit later in the week than normal. Usually I'm a Monday Monday night guy, but sometimes it's Tuesday night, sometimes maybe even stretch into Wednesday. So, apologize for things right now. But I am here, and that's what counts. The Minnesota Vikings, well, they showed up to play. Yeah, they showed up to play, but they didn't win the game. Uh, plain and simple, you might as well call this show two-minute offense. I mean, that's what it is. Because four touchdowns were scored in about a little over two minutes. Oh my god! Yeah, that's right, I said four. Yeah, four touchdowns, two apiece. Uh, unfortunately, the Baltimore Ravens were the last ones standing. It was just a, just a, <laughs> basically, basically the floodgates opened, things got a little ridiculous, and, well, it resulted in a... 29 to 26 victory for the Baltimore Ravens and the Minnesota Vikings now drop to three nine and one. Yeah, it's uh, just one of those years. Vikings defense looked pretty phenomenal throughout the entire game, making big plays, interceptions, sacks, all that good stuff. But when it all counts and when it all matters and all that good stuff, when you have the lead late in the game, it's uh, well, it's non-existent. It's just like go ahead. Have a have a field day, Baltimore, and Baltimore did that. They scored 22 points in the fourth quarter. Minnesota scored 20 points in the fourth quarter. Uh, the game was seven to six in favor of Baltimore for pretty much all eternity. It was good times. It was seven nothing Baltimore after the first period. Seven to three Baltimore after the second period. Oh, and then Blair Walsh added another field goal <laughs> during the third period to make it seven to six. It was. Uh, non-existent game. Oh, and by the way, yeah, and by the way, there was just a little bit of snow coming down. <laughs> quite an entertaining view, quite a uh, old-school view for those of you that may have seen the Minnesota Vikings in the Met Stadium back in the day. You know, back in like 1961 to 1981. About a 20-year period back when the Frozen Tundra was not just Lambeau Field, but it was Minnesota. In fact, it was even more famous in Minnesota than it was in Lambeau Field. At least, at, at least post-1967-ish, after Green Bay won their second of the first two Super Bowls. But yeah, Minnesota, unfortunately, not successful in this situation. 
Baltimore Ravens a little more used to that than us at this point in time, I would imagine. And I, I you know, to me, there's just, I, I, I just didn't see the Minnesota winning in Baltimore. I, it's just, I had to, I had to go with what I went with. And I pretty much said we were going to lose by three and uh, late in the game, right? We were going to pretty much just lose it late in the game. That sounds about right. I didn't say anything about like four touchdowns in the last couple minutes there. But, hey, it happens in the last <laughs> two minutes and five seconds to be exact. Yeah, it uh, it really was something else. Okay, the Vikings scored a touchdown early on. Yeah, that was the good part. Uh, early on in the fourth quarter. Really, the whole fourth quarter was pretty entertaining, to be honest with you. Matt Castle and Joe Flacco were pretty lousy the first three quarters, though. I mean, there's really not all that much to say in the first three quarters, other than just bad calls by the officiating crew. It's pretty much one of the one of the million stories of this game. Where the calls by the officiating crew were historically bad. Time in and time out. Uh, the, the, <laughs> the Toby Gerhardt. Yeah, the Toby Gerhardt fumble was just purely obvious. It's pretty funny when you hear just how much the announcers were actually on our side throughout the entire show. Or entire show. Entire game. This is the show right here. Um... Throughout the entire game, usually it's like, wow, they're on our side the whole game because the refs were terrible. I mean, they were they were screwing up one thing after another all the way down to the final play of the game. It was just one thing after another, one review after another that they botched. And, of course, last week they were infamous for botching call after call as well. Uh, good on them, I guess. Yeah, thanks so much. Really appreciate that. Uh, well... Well, yeah, we're still in position for a draft pick, I suppose. <laughs> I suppose. It's kind of like, what are we going to get, though? I mean, yeah, I I am completely understanding to those of you that are draft chasers in this. Um, heck, I mean, I'm kind of sort of one of you. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm one of you in terms of I would like a draft pick and all that good stuff. Uh, unfortunately, another game where we may have won with an Adrian Peterson injury as well. Obviously, a huge note of the game, Adrian Peterson on the sidelines, well, being tackled, kind of pulled backwards. The ankle didn't really, uh, <laughs> it just it went down awkwardly, unfortunately. Uh, luckily, no tear and no Liz Frank injury to be mentioned. It's more of a midfoot sprain of sorts. Very cool, but he is doubtful going into next week. So that's obviously very important that those of you out there that may not have seen the whole game... <laughs> Would uh, like to know the situation with Adrian Peterson. Um, th- this was a quite the sloppy game, though, throughout the entire throughout the entire way, at least until the fourth quarter went in. We looked like the you know Baltimore looked like the '80s 49ers, and Minnesota looked like the '90s Cowboys, pretty much running the ball and such, <laughs> uh, runs and catches, all that good stuff. I mean, Cordero Patterson, incredible, incredible game, huge breakout game. For him, very awesome. I was very pleased, and I'm sure a lot of you out there were as well. Uh, Cordero Patterson, really, really a coming out party in a big way. Targeted five, uh, excuse me, seven times, five catches, but really the one of note, of course, was it was about a 10, 15 yard pass by, uh, actually probably more like an eight yard pass by <laughs> Matt Castle. That Cordero Patterson pretty much after that did all the work. He looked like a, a big Percy Harvin. Yes, he did. Catch and absolute explosion after that. 
79 yards to pay dirt for the aforementioned Cordero Patterson, who a lot of people are beginning to call a budding superstar. A budding superstar, which is uh, quite, quite <laughs> a huge, I, quite a strong word to use, I would have to say. And, uh, well, I've been huge on Cordero Patterson pretty much from draft night on. And actually, well, I mean, leading into draft night, I was saying... If there was one wide receiver, I hope the Minnesota Vikings come away with in this draft. I was hoping it was Cordell Patterson. I was saying he's the the best of the bunch. He's the one I want the most, and it just uh, it's starting to really come to fruition here. <laughs> Bill Musgrave actually looked kind of good for a while there. That's cool. Alan Williams, same old story, but I suppose he looked good the first four, first three quarters, and then Bill Musgrave looked kind of good in the fi- final quarter. But of course, at the same time. Uh, they're just, I don't know. Neither one of them should return, and I think all of you agree. Special teams coach Mike Prefer, a lot of people think he's the future, he's a future, a future head coach in this league. I say no. Um, yeah, special teams were not all so hot in this game. In fact, they look like imbeciles on Jacoby Jones's touchdown. Very late in the game, it was one of the four great touchdowns, of course. Another major stat, though, we have to throw in into this game is the Baltimore Ravens got zero sacks in the entire game. That's pretty crazy when you think about that. When you have the Terrell Suggs of the world, Nagata, all guy, all these guys, um, very surprising to think that zero sacks were done on, on a pretty immobile quarterback, to be honest, in Matt Castle. He's not exactly Fran Tarkinen out there. Jared Allen and Brian Robinson adding two sacks along the way, and they looked pretty good throughout the game. Brian Robinson very, very active throughout the way. Very cool to watch. And how, I mean, nobody can complain about the way they played. Uh, a guy that really stepped up, though, throughout the, the way, uh, Sharif Floyd looked very good, and he had a tackle for loss along the way. Uh, very cool to see. Taking down Ray Rice. Big stuff. Big time stuff. Though pretty much you could say all three of the rookies look good. And that may be one of the reasons Rick Spielman keeps his job. Though to some of you uh, some of you out there, your, your chagrin. <laughs> Sharif Floyd, Xavier Rhodes, and of course Cordero Patterson all look very good in this game. Pretty cool to watch. Xavier Rhodes has absolutely been on. <laughs> He's absolutely been on a huge tear the past three games or so. And really to be honest with all of you, the, the Minnesota Vikings in general have been more enjoyable to watch pretty much since the Green Bay game on. Uh, the Seattle game obviously was just a snooze fest. It was one-sided. It was terrible, ugly, boring. But really, Green Bay on, it's been pretty fun to watch. You get the Green Bay game, the, the obviously the uh, Chicago game, and of course, this Baltimore game. Very entertaining to watch. There was no point in this game that you got the feeling like this is un- well, well, it was unwatchable in terms of how sloppy it was the first three quarters, but you never really got the vibe like, up oh, Vikings are totally out of this game. It's They're dead and gone. Who gives a crap? Why even watch? <laughs> even though I'm sure a lot of you would say the wins are meaningless anyway. I can understand that. But just saying, if you're somebody that likes to watch football, would like to see your team to win, it, it, this has been more watchable football, at least the past three weeks. It, 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 you know, it, it, it's been nice, to be honest. It's uh, th- This game was, to me, though, the most entertaining game of the entire season. <laughs> and at the same time, 
the most bizarre season of all time, uh, if you're a Viking fan. I mean, you get a tie against Green Bay and just the weirdest game ever, the way they blew a lead there. Uh, the Chicago game, the Vikings somehow pulled that off. That was a wild little game there. And, of course, this game. <laughs> what the flip Saunders, man. <laughs> uh, it's like, what can you say? What the hell happened out there? <laughs> it was kind of, it was fun, but... Uh, I mean, I guess that's what happens when you get snow in HD. I mean, <laughs> wasn't that cool to watch? Wasn't it, though? <laughs> uh, and, and to look more on the Baltimore Ravens, I mean, Joe Flacco, the first three quarters was just freaking terrible. And going into the fourth quarter, of course, as well. Um, the third interception was not his fault, but the first two were pretty bad. The third one was kind of a tipped in the air. Uh, was it Jones? I believe it was Jacoby Jones. Yeah, just did not make a good play on the ball at all. And, of course, Marcus Sherrills, who had to replace... Not Chris Cook, but Xavier Rhodes is shaking up. So it's just, uh, it just kind of had the vibe that somebody's going to get hurt in this game, and Rhodes and Adrian got hurt. Uh, to name to name a couple, sucks. Um, but yeah, Flacco was pretty sloppy most of the game, and he's definitely had a, a, a down year for his standards. I have to say, it's like really what. Uh, <laughs> absolutely a struggle for him. Three interceptions in the game, but three touchdowns looked phenomenal late down the stretch. But of course, as I've been trying to say before that, he was pretty awful. Uh, Matt Castle was really, really like, ugh, in, ineffective to, to be honest, until that fourth quarter as well, who, you know, he looked really good. He looked like Eli Manning or something when Eli Manning's actually good in that <laughs> in that fourth quarter. Oh, boy. What a game, though. I mean, what what a wild, wild game. What a wild game. It's just I keep bouncing from one topic to the next because that's what kind of game this was. I mean, where, where do you go? Um, I'll get to the two-minute thing in a couple seconds. Just <laughs> uh, um, Of course, Toby Gerhardt in relief of Adrian Peterson looked very good. Adrian Peterson struggled quite a bit. And he's been nursing a groin injury anyway going in. It's like one of those things where it's almost like Adrian Peterson, maybe it's time to shut him down just to be safe. But his competitiveness keeps saying, I'm going to play, I'm going to play. Yet, uh, I don't know. And T- Toby Gerhardt is earning his next contract with his next team. Yeah, and that's exactly what he is doing, including that uh, touchdown that he got and was one of those four. We're getting to that here in about a couple of seconds. And, of course, yes, there is a fumble lost, but uh, if you watch the game and um, you can be, you know, you can be an objective NFL fan, which I absolutely am, that was a fumble. And still call that a, or not a fumble. That was not a fumble. You can be the, as objective as you as possible and still say that was not a fumble because it just flat wasn't. It just flat wasn't. Mm. Sloppy game, though, without a doubt. Matt Castle completing under 45% of his passes. He threw 38 times, but still pales in comparison to Joe Flacco's 50 attempts, though, against this secondary, against the Chris Cook to the world, the Blantons. Yikes. <laughs> you're going to throw and you're going to be successful, and that's why the Baltimore Ravens won the game, along with uh, pretty pretty pathetic uh, kick coverage. Yeah, against Jacoby Jones, who uh, this time, this time Mike Tomlin wasn't there. Uh, 
Frazier, a little more honest about it, <laughs> didn't try to uh, didn't didn't try to impede Jacob uh, Jacoby Jones's progress. Nah, he, he he decided that wasn't a good idea. That's that's a that's a good thing. Yeah, it's a good thing. We'll just uh, leave that alone. Mm. What a game! What a freaking game! Mm-mm. So let's get to it. Let's get to the two minute offense. Well, it looked like Baltimore was going to pull this thing out, but of course, that's a three-point game. Okay, Vikings are still in it. After That was after Joe Flacco was, uh, started to show signs that he's going to start, you know, Baltimore started to get serious. They stopped screwing around out there. That's basically what it was all about. Like, you know, Baltimore, you could be, you know, you're trying to defend a Super Bowl championship. You might want to get into the postseason here. You're on the bubble with Miami, and, and the Dolphins won the game, by the way, against the Pittsburgh Steelers, your arch-rival. You might want to start getting serious defending champions. And they decided to do that right around the two-minute warning. Yeah, right before it, in fact. Joe Flacco looking good, putting Baltimore up 15-12 to 12 on a touchdown pass to Dennis Pitta. Yes, Dennis Pitta. And then they converted a two-point conversion. So it wasn't a two-point game, but it was a three-point game. Didn't really matter. <laughs> After completing a couple passes Matt Castle hands off to Toby Gerhardt, who just ran right through everybody. 41 yards for a touchdown. And it's like, yeah, yeah, this guy, this young man's going to get some money. He finished with 89 yards. So now, now it's 1915. All right, well, the Vikings might win this thing, but uh, you know how, you know how, uh, you know how Baltimore is, though. They got a really good offense, or not, not a really good offense, but you know how Joe Flacco's clutch and all that good stuff, and the Viking defense always blows it. So Baltimore's getting the ball back. Oh, well, um, Joe Flacco's not going to have to touch the ball here because, uh, yeah, the kick coverage is terrible. Jacoby Jones is a very good kick returner. Returns at 77 yards, 22-19 in favor of Baltimore with a minute 16 remaining. I was just, like, kind of chuckling to myself, like, yeah, that figures. But then, but then, Cordero Patterson, what the hell? On the opening kickoff, or after the kickoff, Matt Castle passes to Cordero Patterson. Uh, Vikings on the 21-yard line after the kickoff, of course. He crashes to Cordero Patterson, who is gone. Just gone. Yep. It was a, not a long pass or anything, just a average average pass, and Cordero Patterson's gone. Okay, I guess the Vikings are going to win. Only 45 seconds left. Yep. Only 45 seconds left. 26-22. <sighs> and the Viking defense does what they do best. They suck. They absolutely don't show up. Joe Flacco looked like Joe Montana against the Cincinnati Bengals in 1988. Oh, yes, he did. Uh, there's only 45 seconds left. we got to drive a few. Uh, we we got a ways to go. Not quite as long as Montana in, in the drive, but hey, still looking like Joe Montana because obviously when you have a secondary like this one, they're not going to get the job done. And it's like you figure, just like the way the announcer said, Baltimore believes they're going to score. They they believe they can score here. They know they can because Minnesota's allowing them to throughout the way here. And Baltimore did just that. <laughs> just down, down, down went Baltimore. But, 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 let's not get too hasty, though, on that touchdown completion because Marlon Brown was out of bounds. He was out of bounds in the back of the end zone. The referees review it. And, uh, well, they said the play stands, touchdown Baltimore with four seconds remaining, and that was all she wrote. Okay, so in a lot of ways, the Vikings maybe kind of should have won this one, huh? 
<laughs> Even though the defense was that pathetic down the stretch. But, okay, I'm sure Baltimore would have had one more shot at it, and then who knows what would have happened. Somebody on the Vikings defense, like a Chris Cook, may have had two left feet, and then suddenly a Jacoby Jones or, or a Marlon Brown would be wide open in the end zone. But regardless, the referees were not our friends in this game in any way, shape, or form. And Marlon Brown scores what, uh, well, what will be called a <laughs> what will be called a nine-yard game-winning touchdown reception. Twenty-nine, twenty-six, Baltimore victors over the Minnesota Vikings in the most dramatic stretch of football. Down the, it was, uh, it was something else, wasn't it? Very entertaining game, but uh, boy. I can't. I mean, I can't even imagine the emotional roller coaster the players went through in this game. You know, you can feel what you want about the players. You can get frustrated at them. You can get. Uh, you can say they suck. You can say they're stupid. You can say they're poorly coached. But at the same time, I can't even imagine the roller coaster that they went through in this game. I mean, that had to hurt. <laughs> it really did. I mean, when. Uh, when Marcus Sherrill's got that interception, the Vikings are up 12-7 to already. It's like, wow, I think the Vikings might win this thing. I mean, the way they were jumping up and down on that sidelines, everybody's so excited, and to come out of it with nothing, it's just, uh, that's got to suck for them, honestly. Uh, Chad Greenway, in all fairness, I've been, I've been, I've been kind of bashing him all year, but I, I think he had his best uh, game this uh, of, of the 2013 season, without a doubt. And he was flagged very unfairly on one of those uh, drives <laughs> down the stretch. A pass interference call that he wasn't even really, he didn't really make much contact. Uh, the contact was very early, I suppose, but a lot of people would tell you that was not a pass interference. Uh, it was a very, it was, the contact was very early and it was not all that much. Some of you may come out and say, "Yeah, sure, Joey. Of course, of course, it was a, t- <laughs> of course, it was pass interference." But I'm telling you, a lot of people are going to say that was not pass interference. The announcers certainly didn't think think so, and a lot of other people uh, look at that thing and are like, "Are you kidding me?" Mm. I'm telling you, those announcers are not Viking fans, folks. Are Are you serious? Very few announcers are. Adi Cole was excellent in the game again. Seven tackles for Adi Cole. Outstanding game. I, I thought Jamarcus Stanford was alright as well. Uh, other people may not uh, feel the same. Oh, boy. I like Marcus Sherrills, though. I gotta say, I, I mean, he's better than Chris Cook, without a doubt. And he did a good job in Xavier Rose's absence. But, to me, clearly the best cornerback on the roster is Xavier Rose, ladies and gentlemen. And that's a guy who was... Uh, well, didn't get much playing time early and uh, got burned a bit at times and looked kind of silly as well. But a guy who I think is not any good in the secondary is Robert Blanton. <laughs> He's not very good. I think uh, a lot of people would agree with that statement. Mm. The frustration. Oh, the frustration. Watching Robert Blanton out there get burned, especially late in the game. Fun to watch. Very. <laughs> okay, enough of, the, uh, enough of that. What else is really there to say about this one? Uh, really, not all that much, other than it was very entertaining, very fun to watch. Uh, one other thing, though, one final note here before we end the game review segment and then take a break and move on into the previews. Uh, of course, actually, no, not the preview first, but the NFC North review 
NFC North review. It's it's good stuff, including tonight's game. Holy smokes, or excuse me, Monday night's game. Excuse me, pardon me about that. Uh, Chicago Bears crush Dallas Cowboys. Oh yes, yeah, Green Bay and and Detroit, all that good stuff. Yeah, NFC North review, and of course we will preview the game going into next week. Oh yeah, against the Philadelphia Eagles, who I think are going to win that NFC East. Oh my, with their perfect quarterback. Nick Foles. Holy moly. Uh, yeah, you can kind of guess where I'm leaning in that one. <laughs> Who's going to win that one? Um, yeah, you can guess. Uh, nasty weekend without a doubt. Nasty injury to Gronkowski. Oh my. Culpepper-esque. Tom Gugliotta-esque. That old low blow thing. Why are people going down that far? I don't understand that when they're making the tackles. Why do you got to be going down that far? Ah. I'm not a Gronkowski fan. I think his heart is not in football. I think it's in just living the life, you know, which I just think is just jackassian and jackassian when it comes to being a pro athlete. Nah, I have no respect for that crap. Uh, Bryant McKinney, obviously, at the top of that list as far as I'm concerned. But you get the idea. <sighs> yeah, what a week. Uh, okay, now to get to that final note for Pete's sake. Uh, Adrian Peterson, obviously very pissed off. With the refing, with the refereeing in this game, and of course the fans of the Baltimore Ravens calling them children, calling them kids for throwing snowballs. <laughs> it was quite fun to watch. Oh my, quite fun to watch. Kyle West, who also does a Viking show with uh, Adam Carlson, just got to say that he made a funny statement saying, "Hey." Don't get, you know, for the Viking fans and stuff, why are we getting all, why are we making excuses about the snowballs and Adrian Peterson making excuses about it? We're going to, we're going to be throwing snowballs at people next year at TCF. (laughs) That was kind of a funny statement. Thought I'd give him a little shout out. Kyle West, very cool guy. Um, Very strong opinions, which I really enjoy. I tend to bring that to this show as well. So thought I'd mention that. But uh, yeah, Adrian Peterson, extremely frustrated with that. But luckily to the matter at hand with Adrian Peterson as mentioned earlier. No tear and no Liz Frank for Adrian Peterson but he likely will not repeat, will not suit up against the Philadelphia Eagles and I would consider that very wise. Adrian is kind of a middle-aged running back now Um, not old but middle-aged and it's time to be careful sit him down, we're not on a playoff run we're not on a playoff, we're, we're not in the hunt for the playoffs or anything like that Sit him down. You don't need more wear and tear on that guy right now. You got to save what you can out of Adrian Peterson. You don't want to get to a point where, man, he's just got nothing left. He's on his last leg because of all these injuries being, you know, beat up more and more when he's already hurt. They beat it up more and more, and it becomes more of a kind of a long term type of thing. Because when you keep hurting your ankles and, and this and that, it's going to really hurt later on when you start to get to be 33, 34-ish, and you're going to not be playing anymore. So, yeah, uh, for the for the longevity, for the sake of longevity for Adrian Peterson, I think it'd be extremely wise to, see him, to sit him out, even against that wide-open Eagles defense and offense. <laughs> so, with that, we are going to close this, and we're going to get into that NFC North review and the Philadelphia Eagles preview right after this. shop on Amazon? 
you know that you can support this podcast just by doing your normal shopping on Amazon? It's really easy to do. Just go to thesportstuff.com and click on one of the many Amazon pictures. Do your normal shopping, and Amazon sees that we referred you, and they give us a percentage. We'd like to thank you in advance for supporting thesportstuff.com, and please use our Amazon link. Now enjoy the rest of the show. And we are back here on Purple Mafia, episode number 158, which is always a reminder for those of you on your mobile devices. For Apple, simply find us on iTunes. For Android, download the Double Twist application. Find us on there when you get in the click on the podcast section. And of course, for Windows devices, simply find us on the on the store. You'll find us right away. Same with the BlackBerry devices. All right, well, now we get to the NFC North. Roundup, and of course, the preview, Minnesota versus Philadelphia. But as per usual, we start out with the NFC North Roundup. The Chicago Bears, well, they uh, they really took it to those Dallas Cowboys, didn't they? I'm proud of them, I'm proud of them. Congratulations, Dylan, and uh, other Bear fans out there. Yeah, the Bears crush the Chicago, or excuse me, the Dallas Cowboys. Both teams are now 7-6, and six, and Chicago's playoff chances increase significantly with this, because of course they now have the tiebreaker. Josh McCown, still the quarterback of Chicago, four touchdown passes, no interceptions. Tony Romo, well, through three touchdowns, great quarterback rating and all that stuff, but not quite McNown level. <laughs> McNown was unbelievable. McCown, not McNown. McCown, I'm getting him mixed up with McNown, excuse me, Cade McCown. <laughs> yeah, and Kyle Orton, former Chicago Bear, played briefly for the Cowboys yesterday in the blowout. Strong game by the Bears, 45-28. to Cowboys saving face to the touchdown late by Joseph Randall. But other than that, the Bears just really put on a clinic on those Dallas Cowboys. I can't stand the Cowboys, so I don't feel bad at all by seeing this. And, of course, if the Vikings aren't winning the division, I naturally kind of prefer the Bears to win it versus Green Bay or Detroit. Sorry for those of you out there that may like Detroit. I'm sure just about nobody likes Green Bay, but eh, okay, some people do, but eh, not enough. Virtually nobody uh, that would you'd consider a Viking fan. Fun game for <laughs> fun game for Chicago. Just nice to see them blow out the Dallas Cowboys, who are one of those teams. They're they're Jekyll and Hyde. They were definitely Mister Hyde in a big way. Still, playoff chances still alive, but I gotta think the uh, Vikings next opponent is a heavy favorite going into the remainder of the season. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. <clears throat> Excuse me. Well, Detroit Lions. Where are the Detroit Lions? What's going on? Let's check out Green Bay first. Well, they defeat the Atlanta Falcons. Oh, goody. A 22-21 to victory for the Green Bay Packers against the Suddenly hapless Atlanta Falcons are now 3-10. and ten. Horrible season for the Atlanta Falcons. Just in time for Matt Ryan's huge contract extension. Yeah, wink wink to a Packer fan out there. That was quite rude to me. Yes, yes, quite rude to me on a different message board a while ago about when I was saying Matt Ryan is not really worth a top three quarterback salary in football. Like, what, what did he get, $120 million? Like, astronomical numbers. Um, he didn't really look any better than Matt Flynn. In fact... <laughs> on paper, he wasn't better than Matt Flynn. He really wasn't. Matt Flynn's uh, completion percentage was higher, quarterback rating higher, 
Touchdown, interception, all that good stuff. Well, okay. Yes, Matt Ryan's a better quarterback than Matt Flynn. Of course, but just saying the fact that he performed this poorly against a hapless defense of Green Bay that made Christian Ponder look good? Yikes, Matt Ryan. That's all I gotta say about that. It made Christian Ponder look good, guys. Yeah, this Atlanta Falcons team is a joke, and I'm happy. I I hate Atlanta, and I always will. So, la-di-da. Even though they're... uh, Passing game is, uh, well, obviously quite quite impressive with the Roddy Whites and, of course, Julio Jones, who you like even more. Uh, Tony Gonzalez, definitely feel for him. Surprised he hasn't got, got, gotten traded at some point. I don't know if it's too uh, It's probably too late now, and that's quite a shame. I can't imagine he feels good about that. Green Bay, just a slop fast 22-21. to 21. Is there really anything more to say? No. So, let's check out those Detroit Lions. They played Philadelphia in Philadelphia and got slaughtered 34-20 to against a quarterback that I define as perfect. Yeah, pretty much perfect because he hasn't thrown an interception yet. <laughs> okay, he finally did. He threw an interception against Detroit. Sorry, I, I lied. Uh, Nick Foles actually had his worst game so far, to be honest. Matthew Stafford, well, well, whatever. He completed 40% of his passes against a pretty crappy Philadelphia defense. Though, yeah, we know what happened here. Philadelphia, in Philadelphia, yeah, this was the snowiest of the snowiest. And because this was a very snowy weekend, this was the worst of them all. Yes, it topped every single one. Uh, Nick Foles, sloppy. Only 50% of his passes completed. Did get an interception. Stafford, no interceptions or touchdowns. 40% of his passes. Huge struggle for both teams. Yet, uh, yeah, yet. <laughs> Philadelphia manages to score 34 points. Go figure. Awesome offense. Their coach is getting it done. He's getting it done regardless if you like him or not. Um, <laughs> he's getting it done. That's all there is to it. LaShawn McCoy, uh, definitely the player of the game here with a 217-yard effort. Two touchdowns. My goodness, Philadelphia manhandling the Detroit Lions as uh, they are now 7-6 and six as well with the Chicago Bears. Sheesh, uh, but at Philadelphia is now 8-5. and five. They are. <laughs> they are the leaders in that NFC East, and i got to think they're going to win it, and they, of course, are the Vikings' next opponent. They scored 28 points in that fourth quarter. Jim Schwartz is the worst coach Okay, he's not the worst coach in the league, but he's the worst. He's as bad a coach as there is in the division. Uh, he's the worst head coach in the division. The worst assistant coaches are, uh, they, they wear purple on Sundays. We know who they are. Yes, we do. Both coordinators, of course, and the and the special teams coordinator for Minnesota. The overrated, uh, yeah, Mike Prefer. I've said that enough. Philadelphia coming into the Metrodome. I don't think Nick Foles will be performing nearly as poorly as he did in Philadelphia, believe it or not. Even though it was a home game for him, I gotta think playing in the Dome is not gonna be a huge problem for Mr. Foles. 20 touchdowns, one interception on the year, quarterback rating of 120, and that's after this lousy game. Yeah, he's pretty good. Nick Foles is pretty bleeping good. My goodness. He was average last year. He was kind of Matt Castle-ish last year in seven games for the Philadelphia Eagles. This year, he looks like... um, Ah, uh, well, maybe the 2009 Favre. Okay, something like that. Yeah, because remember how Favre took him forever to throw his first interception? <laughs> He's having a hell of a year in Philadelphia. What what a turnaround they have been. Nick Foles, I think, is going to have one hell of a game in the Metrodome, which um, unfortunately spells a Minnesota Vikings loss. Of course, I'm leaning that way. Do you really think Philadelphia is going to come in the Metrodome and lose? 
I I can't say that. I mean, why? Why should they lose to the Vikings? I, I know crazy things happen sometimes, and maybe it's one of those weird years again where the Vikings get hot late in the year and we finish 6-10, and 10, oh goody, and we draft Christian Ponder again. Yay! Wouldn't that be awesome, guys, if we drafted another Christian Ponder, another quarterback who's not really in the top group at all, but uh, we're going to reach to get him? Let's just let's just reach down and grab him because because he's a quarterback and and um uh, he's 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 a quarterback <laughs> yeah and um he's he's smart yeah that's right that's what it is he's he's got a he's got a master's degree so yeah he's smart uh, I can't do that again guys oh hopefully we can still remain in the top five at least and, and still look good doing it <laughs> the Sean McCoy also very strong year thirteen hundred yards on the ground seven touchdowns. Philadelphia is a fun team to watch, without a doubt. I'm looking forward to it. Should be a very fun game. Hopefully, it's entertaining like they've been. The Baltimore game was extremely entertaining, guys, as you know. The finish was disappointing, but hey, very entertaining, no less. The other point, though, <laughs> ultimately, with Philadelphia coming into the dome, again, the Vikings defense has proven all season, game in, game out. As local hosts in this town will tell you, and I don't need their help to see this. They don't need my help either. (laughs) Uh, You don't need my help. I don't need your help. (laughs) The Vikings defense cannot stop a team late in the game. That's common sense. They can look good the whole game like they did against Baltimore. Vikings defense looked pretty good. Uh, Joe Flacco looked terrible. And then next thing you know, he looks like Joe Montana. He looks like Joe Montana cutting through butter. You know, he looks like he looks like a razor blade, like the sharpest razor blade in the world, cutting through warm butter. That's basically what happened down the stretch. I gotta think if this is a close game and the Vikings defense looks good most of the way, Nick Foles will do the same to the Minnesota Vikings defense. I cannot pick the Vikings to win this game. There is just no how, no way. Philadelphia is on a mission. They are going to win the NFC East, in my opinion, without a doubt. I have a strong opinion on that. Philadelphia wins the NFC East. I'm sure a lot of people agree because Dallas stinks. They're kind of like Detroit, basically. They're basically the Detroit of the NFC East. Um, and New York's kind of like the Chicago. Philadelphia is, well, better. <laughs> so there you go. Philadelphia is kind of turning into like Green Bay. Great offense, no defense. Bada bing, bada boom. So Philadelphia is going to, they're going to rack up the points against the Vikings. In my opinion, I don't think the Vikings defense is going to be that strong against this this uh, this team. I think they score thirty one. I think Minnesota does score a bit against the crappy offense of Philadelphia. We're going to go with thirty five. Philadelphia thirty five. Minnesota twenty eight. Thirty five twenty eight. Another fairly close game that the defense cannot stop. That's what's going to happen. The defense cannot get the stop late in the game. Philadelphia wins. Maybe they even take a strong lead down the stretch with some lousy Alan Williams coaching. So, of course, this game will be like 7-6 to six or something until like the end of the third quarter. It'll be something like that. Watch. And then bada-bing, bada-boom, right? <laughs> Who knows? Also of note, gotta, gotta figure Matt Castle will be back in. Though, we've heard it before, time and time again, that Christian Ponder gives the Vikings the best chance to win, and that when Ponder's healthy, he's the quarterback. Cute. Okay, I'm sticking with I'm sticking with Matt Castle from the Vikings, and uh, that's what I'm believing will happen at this point, if they're smart. But who knows? I mean, Ponder played okay. 
lately, but ah, he he looked pretty lousy in the Bears game, though. <laughs> he did. So there it is, thirty-five twenty-eight. Now it's time to come back with <laughs> the fan interaction, which will lead off with a call from Brent Jacobson, which I was able to acquire tonight. So rock and roll, Brent Jacobson will be the first voice you hear after the break. This is for Joey and Purple Mafia. Yeah, the very elusive Brent Jacobson calling, finally. Hoping this gets on, gets to Julian time for the post-Ravens show. Uh, Just calling to say, dang, what an exciting finish. What an unfortunate, I guess it's good that Peterson got hurt. Now, I know, I know, I know. Peterson, hurt, good. Well, with him out, our chances of winning more games and bleeping up our draft position are reduced. Lastly, Yensei, you Rhodes and Patterson are looking like beasts. Ford's all right. Where that H-E double hockey sticks with the Offensive creativity that we saw with that screen to Patterson and earlier in the year when games still mattered. I think we may have ourselves a beast in Corderell Patterson. Man, I was wrong in one Justin Hunter. I guess I was just caught up in the sheer height of the situation. If we can't get Lastly, if we can't get a quarterback in the draft, then I'd love to see us get someone like, I believe his name is Mike Evans from Texas A&M. He could be the next Megatron. And uh, a closing point of this. The game against Baltimore is exactly what I want this year. Exciting, fun to watch, but still a loss. Yeah, like Joey said, tank, tank. Anyways, catch you later, Joey. Keep up the good work. And uh, I predict the Eagles will kick our butts probably about 35 to 21, maybe. Anyways, catch you later, guys. And I thank you for that call in Brent Jacobson, always, always appreciate it Very cool Lots to say, which is just fine And those of you out there that you can uh, Well, you can uh, want to call in as well The number is 209-736-7877 209-736-7877 It is a voicemail to do treat it as such, just like Brent did. Mention what show you're calling into, which is, of course, Purple Mafia. 
And there you go. Statement, shout-out, question, comment, all that good stuff. Hey, even threw in a prediction at the end. Very close to mine, apparently. Actually, has the Vikings scoring left. So, there you go. <laughs> Which, well, who knows it's going to happen. It's This is an unpredictable team other than that. Other than, other than, other than they're going to blow it at the end defensively. They'll de- blow it at the end defensively. That's very, very predictable. So, uh, let's open up with the wide receiver you mentioned. Mike Evans, might as well. Texas A&M, yeah, 1,300 yards, 1300, over 1,300 yards, 12 touchdowns already this year on paper. Uh, big guy, yep, six foot five, two 225. Mm, I'll put him opposite Cordero Patterson, huh? But then again, now we've, but the thing is, we've signed Greg Jennings already and all that good stuff. Um, I don't like Greg Jennings. I personally don't. Uh, what's interesting, though, is obviously he, a, uh, excuse me, he, had zero, <clears throat> zero chemistry with Christian Potter, yet has decent chemistry with Mr., excuse me, with Mr. Uh, Matt Castle. Excuse me, I don't know why I'm going crazy here, but yeah. Great chemistry with Matt Castle for some strange reason. Uh, I guess it's a veteran thing. <laughs> no chemistry with Potter. I don't know what to make of it. I'm not a fan of his. I'm really not, to be honest. Uh, you look at mock drafts right now. The Vikings, are, they, they have them taking Clowney. Well, we'll see. Defensive end. Who knows? i got to think the Vikings take a quarterback, not a defensive end. But um, as for where's uh, the wide receiver is going, I, there he is. Number eight. Of course, wouldn't that be something? Yep, well, that's Johnny Manziel. Maybe we'll take Johnny Manziel instead. But uh, right now they have him going eighth. And the Oakland Raiders taking Johnny Menzel, 7th, uh, number 8, going to Buffalo for Mike Evans. Who knows? Um, I personally think the Vikings will not take a wide receiver, but that's me. Who knows? Hey, who knows? Um, who knows what's going to happen? It's uh, all hypothetical at this point. Maybe it's Johnny Menzel. Yes, sir. Uh, Peterson being hurt, a good thing. Oh, that's funny. Well, as long as it's not an ACL, I suppose. I personally would think almost like shut him down, even though you know they're not going to. But it's almost like I was saying in the previous, uh, the first segment, shut him down, let him rest, doggone it, let him heal up like completely to avoid wear and tear to keep to extend his career a little bit. It would be nice because when the ankles are shot, they're shot, and then the quickness is gone, and great. And then he's the next, you know, then he's like, uh, oh, what's his name? Oh, well, there's a lot of what's his name. <laughs> well. <laughs> Then he's, uh, I can't even, uh, like a Marcus Allen later in his career when he just, you know, whatever, great, 600 yards, wow, you know, just kind of a backup, that's all, you know, we don't want, we don't want that to happen anytime soon with old AP, but that kind of stuff is inevitable with every running back in football, uh, totally agree with you on Patterson and Rhodes, really cool, unfortunately Rhodes hurt in the game, but, nah, I don't think it's a huge thing, but, nah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's it's not like a huge injury, but it was it was something to mention. Definitely an injury, though he is expected to play coming in the Philadelphia game. Cordell Patterson looking like a beast, but even Floyd looked, like, looked really good, too. So, Sharif Floyd, of course. So, very exciting. The three draft picks are making Spielman look better right now, and it's about time the coaches allowed these players to make Spielman look better. Who knows that they're trying to sabotage Spielman and get him fired? Who who knows? Who knows what kind of infighting is going on? When Especially this whole Josh Freeman thing. What the hell is going on? I'm not sh- I, um... 
I will be very interested to, to hear what's really going on behind the scenes as the things go on, as the uh, you know, as the story does come out in the off season. I'm looking forward to it. I uh, yeah, it'll, it'll be on the Cribble Mafia show, no doubt about it. The as for the creativity earlier in the season, it's a good question. There was none, and yeah, that's a good question. No Cordell Patterson, and of course they wouldn't play Xavier Rhodes. Though Rhodes didn't look good early. It seemed like he needed to get his feet wet a bit, but that's again the whole point yet again. As the coaches would contradict themselves uh, yet again. Well, he struggled. Well, he needs to get his feet wet. Well, now that he's gotten his feet wet, he's better. Maybe he would have improved earlier if he got his feet wet earlier. So, bottom line, play your rookies, blankety blanket. <laughs> you know, to make it to make it blunt. All right, well, thank you for that call, Brent. Very much appreciated. There is the Facebook page for Purple Mafia. It is, face, it is facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia show. Simply go there, click like, very simple, comment all you want. We're going to open up with a pretty big statement from Dave Hickey way back, uh, not way back, but back on December 3rd-ish. He was saying how he was having problems with uh, the internet and it's hard to get on, but uh, at least he's able to... <laughs> Listen and such. Doesn't see an Andrew Luck on the horizon. He's wondering who the Vikings are going to pick. He believes it'll be top five. Uh, Javon Clowney is a possibility, but yeah, I mean, a lot of us would like to see a <laughs> a quarterback. Um, trying to break this down a bit. Yeah, I mean, it would be nice to have a coach to have an eye for talent. I agree with his statement there. Chris Cook is terrible, he's saying. It would be, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I agree with a lot of what he's saying, because I, yeah, I can't read it word for word because it's so big, but um, always appreciated the insight, though, what he has to say here. Yeah, I mean, it's great getting guys like, yeah, like he's saying here, the Adi Cole, Michael Maudie, and Gerald Hodges, of course, who he's saying, I forgot who it is, that's who he's saying, who he, yeah, yep, he forgets who it is, yep, Gerald Hodges is the name you're looking for, the other Penn State linebacker. Where the hell is Gerald Hodges? Yeah, that's a, you know, it seems like he's only on special teams right now, and that's it. Um, I would like to see Hodges in there. What the heck? But Adi Cole has been extremely good. Maudie absolutely has been on special teams and has performed well, without a doubt. Um, yep, most important spot on the team is quarterback. Would be really nice if the Vikings were to get him. He wants uh, Jordan Lintz from Northern Illinois. He has size, mobility, and accurate, and has arm strength. All is what's needed when when we will be playing outside in the next two years. I think we have a solid team other than cornerback, defensive back, linebacker, quarterback, and offensive, defensive tackle. That's my thoughts. A little early, but what else can a Viking Dan Van do when the season has been lost for several weeks? Yeah, uh, Dave Hickey and Brent Jacobson, very draft-focused at this point. Um Totally understand. For me personally, it's a little early, yet at the same time, it's 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 always fun. It's a little early. I mean, I haven't done a ton of research on it yet. I'm kind of still stuck on the season just because that's what I have to do as the host of the show right now. But, hey, it, it, it is exciting. For me, I'm more looking at like the top, top, top type of guys, like the Bridgewaters and the Manzels and, well, Mike Evans was a nice one. Um, but, but, but it's a position that's really not of need right now, especially with Patterson emerging. Um, even though Mike Evans is a different type of receiver than Patterson, potentially. Uh-huh. So, Patterson is kind of like a do-everything receiver, isn't he? He, 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 could, he could be a big wide out, and he can be kind of a Percy Harvin, too. 
Uh, he's a he's a big Percy though. That's that's even better. Um, boy, yep. Lots of lots and lots of weaknesses on this team, without a doubt. That's pretty much that pretty much sums it up right there in a nutshell. Um, where was I leading? Oh yes, Dave Hickey wanted to do a little rant on Chris Cook here, since uh, it didn't make it on the last show. He was saying, "Had I known it was going to be Bash Chris Cook Day, I would have stood for. I would have stood in line to post. He is the worst player in the NFL, to my knowledge. He has never had an interception. Other in the NFL, get two in a game. He doesn't even get a pass breakup and constantly gets beat all over the field. He once wrote on Twitter about partying. I told him he should concentrate. Yes, Amen. Here, concentrate on football and getting better." He told me to stay in my own lane. What a dipshit. <laughs> As you could probably tell, I don't like him. Yeah, that's pretty good, Dave. That is a definite star rating for Dave Hickey. He's going to get a star. You are guaranteed a star position, Dave. Yes, sir. So I'm. Uh, we'll decide what, where it is as we move on. That was awesome. That was awesome. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I was talking about the snow conditions. This is kind of like the feature presentation of the Facebook page. Oh, I was asking, like, when's the last time we had snow conditions like this? Brent was saying maybe the Bears game at TCF Bank. Well, there was snow, but it wasn't snowing. That's kind of what I meant, I guess. Uh, Coleman was also saying it's a bit a bit different. It wasn't snowing heavy. It was a lot colder, and the ground was frozen. In some respects, I think that one could have been a little worse. But this is the worst visibility I've seen in a game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Brett McCarthy saying, who cares? I'm just glad Ponder's not playing. All right. Well, all right. All right. Touchy there. Touchy. No, I'm <laughs> No, I'm kidding. I'm not too worried. Of, yeah, I mean, well, yeah, I don't think anybody wants to see Ponder. Could you imagine him in a game like that? Dave Hickey saying, this game is not, not on in my area. But from what I've seen on the highlights, this is where the players earn their money. Playing in freezing, snowy conditions like that. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Yep, you're saying oh, you wouldn't want to be hit by a linebacker and such. Yep. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yep. Intense stuff indeed playing in those type of conditions. Yeah, man. Mm-mm. So, Mark Carlson saying, I talked with my family and none of us remember a game in such conditions. Wow. And huh. and I will add, we, we all sure enjoyed it even with the twisted ending. Yeah, I, yeah, it was very good. What's Brent saying? I'll probably be working at Gate C at the Lions game. Well, all right then. So Brent's going to be at the Lions game coming up later in the season. Yeah, so uh, what was he saying? Sounds like Brent's going to be coming. Yeah, he's going to be coming to the Detroit game. There we go. I'm sorry, Dave. I apologize for that. So Brent, uh, Dave Hickey is coming up from Iowa. To see the Vikings against Detroit, gotta like that. That's very, very cool. He, uh, his wife asked what I wanted for Christmas, and that was my choice to see AP live. There you go, Dave. Very cool. Brent was saying he's intending to call in the week. Yep. Well, you did. You made it. <laughs> Malcolm McSween out of California saying, "When was the last time the Vikes lost in the final seconds?" Oh yeah, a lot the last few years. <laughs> Williams needs to go. <laughs> Excuse me. Malcolm saying, I actually missed the game today, Joey, so I'm relying on your thoughts, but I would like to know how the all-line looked to you in particular. They look better against the Pack and the Bears. 
Yeah, they were good. <laughs> they were pretty good, actually. Um, extremely good, actually, in this game. Maybe not extremely good, but they were they were more than more than adequate. I would have to say. Definitely more than adequate, uh, Malcolm. Dave, Dave, and Mark, Dave Hickey, and Mark Martin uh, wrapping things up. Saying, uh, Dave saying, Brent, that is the gate we are going in. I hope to see you there. Hey, cool. That'll be nice. Mark Martin saying, could be fun next year at the U. Good old days of cold weather football coming for some of us. Outdoor football is a distant memory. And for most, the Dome has been home. The Purple play their best years out in the cold. Fact is, snow, wind, and cold can be a great leveler in this past happy league. Look on the bright side, unlike many of our past losses, where defeat was pulled from the jaws of victory in huge games. Remember 12 men on the field, ouch. Oh, missed field goal and take a knee. <laughs> Once we lose a game, that means sweet free agent. Well, okay, draft position. <laughs> School. Better draft position, excuse me. Mark Martin, yes sir. Oh, that's cool, nice to meet you. Uh, yeah, that's his first post, I believe, on this page. Very, very cool. Tony Coleman posting a couple of articles up here that I recommend. Very interesting indeed. One, well, Leslie Frazier. Leslie Frazier's frustrations with the calls, saying that he was uh, actually called by the league, which is extremely interesting when you consider that. Another, uh, Adrian Peterson was pissed off at the officials and calling the Ravens fans ch basically ch uh, children. They're a bunch of kids throwing snowballs all over the place. Gotta <laughs> like that. Oh, man. Ah, pretty childish indeed, isn't it? Mm. <laughs> and yes, Adrian's hurt. Yes, Tony was mentioning that on there, of course, earlier in there. That was, that's in-game stuff. I tr yep, I try not to get too much into that, though. Some of it's entertaining. Woo-wee. Dave was talking about the crazy finish. Your man Cordell Patterson is going to be a special player in this league. Very impressive. I thought the interference penalty on Chad Greenway was a bad call. And that kept the drive alive for the Ravens. Also shows we help we need in the defense. Matt Castle played a good game and should remain the starter the rest of the season. I hope AP is okay and will be able to get back on the field at least by the Detroit game. And I will be attending. Yes, sir. Very, very cool. All right. Mark Carlson saying, um, I really enjoy football season. It's something <laughs> my family and I all agree on. We are we like the NFL even if we are not all Viking fans, though many of us are. Yes, sir. Lots and lots to say from a lot of these guys. Yeah, both of them have a lot to say. Very cool, though. Very much appreciated what all of you had to say there. Mark Carlson, definitely. I'm going to give Dave Hickey the gold star for this week. Dave Hickey, gold star for this week. Mark, uh, excuse me, yeah. Um, Brent Jacobson gets the silver. And Mark Carlson will get the bronze. Lots and lots of cool things from all of you guys. Very cool. Malcolm, also a honorable mention in there as well. All you guys all have a lot to say. Mark Martin, really cool, but really cool hearing from you. Keep posting. I can tell he's got a lot of good things to say in the, the, the present and in the future. Really much appreciated. There's some talk on Twitter. I'm going to try to keep it a little brief. I should keep the Facebook more brief as well. Some some, <laughs> some of the stuff, I, yeah, I mean, I can't read everything. It gets 
it gets crazy after a while. And of course, that's no offense to anyone. It's just hey, I don't want to. I don't want to drive the listeners crazy as well. <laughs> you know what I mean? But then again, that's why the the fan interactions at the end because that way, hey, you know, it's a great way to great way to be shouted out to. And of course, uh, you get your voice heard. But at the same time, it's not like the whole show and driving the listeners crazy and all that good stuff. So. You get the point there, right? You get the point. Dave Martin saying, thanks for the gold star, best part of the season so far. You're welcome, Dave. And there you go. I'm sure you'll be getting more down the stretch. Always good things to say, Dave Martin. This is on the Twitter account, of course, at Purple Mafia Show. Simply go there and give that a follow. He was saying about Spielman, I think he will stay. And with Castle starting, we might win two two or three more games just to mess up today's (laughs) <laughs> yep, today's game, or I mean today's winnable, excuse me, he's saying, well, yep, he's afraid that Spielman's going to come back and for another draft, no, <laughs> uh, and then Laker Larry and Dave Martin kind of have a little conversation back and forth, cool stuff, but uh, got to kind of let that, got to let that go right now, so really appreciate those of you listening out there. Again, tough season, and, uh, well, <laughs> sometimes with the overtime, it's really tough to get this show done. It, it really is, and uh, I really hope I'm giving you a quality product, and I'm, I'm trying the best I can. Hope to continue to do so for you. Wish, wish the overtime would drop down a little bit. It'd be nice, but what can you do? We all we all are stuck in it, aren't we? We all, got, we all work overtime, pretty much, so I can't really complain any more than anyone else, so... Yeah, the cold weather as well. Keep warm, guys. It's been freezing. Wish I could predict the Vikings were going to win next week and that it would mean something if they did. But, uh, well, hopefully hopefully I can predict a good draft pick. Yeah, but obviously that's several months away, and that's something I, I, I don't even want to get into that right now. It's just not time yet. Uh, we can talk about it, but I'm not going to really make, I'm not going to really feature any of that on the show right now. we got to kind of stick with the present, unfortunately. Once the season's over, we can get deeper into the future, obviously, at least the Viking season, and then we could talk playoff football, and of course, anything Viking-related will be draft-related, and of course, most likely coaching-related as well. i got to think there's going to be some coaching news at the end of the year. i got to think so. Is there any doubt, guys? Is there any doubt? <laughs> I really don't think there is. So, again, do... Like the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. And, of course, at Purple Mafia Show on Twitter. Would really appreciate that. There you go. Thanks again, everybody. We will be back next week to continue this football season and, uh, well, <laughs> head eventually towards the draft. <laughs>